Today, we're going to have Helium 10's new vice president of product, John, join us. He's going to talk about his life journey, which included a stop working at Apple, and he's going to go deep into our brand new product, Market Tracker, for Amazon sellers. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And today, we've got somebody who's not necessarily a serious seller. He's one of my coworkers here, our new vice president of product, John. John, how's it going? Good. How are you, Bradley? Pretty good, pretty good. Now, right before we get into it, in your entire time working here, I have never even attempted to pronounce your last name because there's about <laughs> 17 consonants uh, in there yeah. uh, right next to each other. Now, is that, is that like a Dutch name or what's the origin of that? Yeah, uh, actually, if you guys know Boyan, he was asking me the same thing, but uh, it's Croatian. Croatian, uh, aha. Yeah. And so so it's, how, how do you yeah. pronounce it? So it's silent G, so it's Jeldum. Okay. Okay, I still won't get it, so please don't hold me to that. John, John is pretty easy. That's my son's name. That's my yeah. middle name. So if I, if I miss that, you know, I'm kind of in trouble. But I think yeah. you'll you'll let it slide if I if I don't get your last name exactly correct. Totally, totally. But anyways, speaking of you know your your name having Croatian origins, is that where you were born, or were you born in the the states, or? Yeah, I was I was born in the states, uh, but I think grand my grandparents were from that region, um, Austria, Croatia. That's kind of my dad's side. And then mm -hmm. have all sorts of other European background from my mom's side. Okay. Now uh, I know recently you moved down here to the to the Irvine area to be closer to the the office, but you had come from from up north. Is that where you were born? <laughs> up up north, like Bay Area, or where, where are you from originally in the states? Yeah. So I grew up outside of Chicago, actually. So I was there until college, uh, and then went to school in Midwest as well at Indiana University, uh, go IU, um, but. Then I went to New York City. Then I moved. That's a to Hoosier. Yeah, Hoosier. Ah, okay. Yep, Hoosiers. So big basketball country yep. out there. Uh, also have big, a uh, lot of bicycling. Uh, there's this big race called Little Five Hundred. So there's actually a movie about it, but would recommend checking that out. Um, but also lived in New York City, and then I moved to San Francisco, and yeah, now down here uh, near Helium Ten in Irvine. Okay. Now, when you were growing up in, in Chicago or in your travels, like, how did you view where you would end up in life? Like, you know, were you just a typical kid, like, I'm going to be a firefighter or, or, you know, I'm going to be a doctor or did your parents set aspirations for you or what were your, your career yeah. goals when you were young? Yeah, I mean, my parents were pretty hands off and, uh, you know, they were both kind of brought up in kind of blue collar, um, you know, settings. They were... Uh, they went to college and they just wanted to, you know, provide a better life for me and my brother. But um, they were kind of like, hey, you know, just stay in school, work hard and and you'll end up in somewhere. Somewhere good. And uh, they didn't really guide us any anywhere in particular. I actually wanted to be a chef uh, in high school. Hmm. That's what I was starting to think about doing uh, and have taken much different, a much different turn since then. But. Uh, my dad. Well, what was, what did your major end up being at IU? At IU, I uh, started out in entrepreneurship. So I was thinking about being a chef. My dad brought me around to, you know, some of his friends, actually, some people who worked in the food service industry. And they were like, 
don't do that. <laughs> uh, don't be a chef. It's a super hard business, long hours, low pay. Uh, if you love to cook, just keep cooking, but you don't need to make that your full-time job. Um, so I, I ended up not pursuing that, uh, but still have a passion for cooking. But um, I think it molded into, um, into an entrepreneurship degree because it still was kind of that open-ended thing of like, hey, maybe I want to be in food in some way. Maybe I want to start a restaurant. Maybe I want to start a business. Uh, my mom had her own sort of design agency, so she was a little bit entrepreneurial. And uh, so that's what I started out as uh, at IU and still, still graduated with that degree. But then I also added finance uh, around my sophomore year. Uh, and that's actually what I ended up graduating with was finance and entrepreneurship. And I was, I was thinking about, you know, having kind of that entrepreneurial kind of business plan, uh, you know, knowledge, but then also have kind of a hard skill set, um, something that someone might give me a job for right when I got out of school. And so that's kind of where I ended up to start out with. Okay. Now, did, did you ever end up starting your own business or selling online or, or things like that, that, you know, maybe typically people think about when they think of the word entrepreneurship? Uh, well, yeah, actually, um, six years later, I ended up doing, doing that. Uh, so that's a jump ahead, but, um, I started out in investment banking for three years and then I worked at Apple in their corporate development team for three years as well. Uh, but then I, I took the plunge and into the entrepreneur world and started my own business um, and didn't have any, any experience in design or engineering or product management or anything like that. And I ended up, you know, teaching myself the code, programming, uh, all sorts of stuff and ended up trying to start a new social network and, and shopping app. So I did end up doing that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so yeah. so I'm assuming is this the time where like you were around Silicon Valley? Yes. So this was this was while I was in San Francisco, uh, and was seeing kind of this this huge movement towards you know online shopping. Obviously, something that Helium Ten is taking advantage of, and this new world of Amazon and Shopify, um, but also how more distributed uh, people are discovering discovering uh, products and. Uh, different things to buy. It, it used to be all advertising driven um, and kind of your traditional channels. And then it kind of exploded once we started having this content, these social networks, YouTube, Instagram, other places. And I found that's really where people started to discover and buy products. Uh, and so I wanted to take advantage of that trend and make it more, um, you know, kind of distributed and make it more authentic uh, and discover products through people. And that's kind of what drove me to try and start a business around that. Okay, that's that's really interesting. Now, I mean, a lot of that sounds like kind of, you know, what Helium 10's mission statement and what we're all about. Is that what kind of exactly. attracted you to the position that had opened up over here that you ended up taking or or what yeah. attracted you to to Helium 10? Yeah, I, I think definitely, uh, um, you know, Helium 10 definitely has that organic start where it was definitely content driven and people driven and that's really what attracted people to build this community around you know selling and being successful on amazon and then you know building a business around it and so i definitely think that is the future and and definitely has attracted me to the company just because there is such a powerful community around helium 10 um and that's really where i see the future is community plus content plus commerce um 
kind of intertwines and, and is how people will start discovering, buying, uh, and selling products. Cool, cool. Now, I, I think everybody in one sense or another kind of knows that there's people who make money selling on Amazon or it's, it is a, a viable business opportunity. I'm sure you knew about that before, but you know, obviously since you've been working at Helium 10, your eyes have probably been open to, to more <laughs> of the details of, of this whole thing about selling yeah. on Amazon. So since you've been here and since you've learned, you know, more about the process and what people are actually doing, like what's, what's, what was your biggest surprise or like, what's your biggest takeaway from, from getting into this Amazon ecosystem? Number one thing I've learned is just how, how big of a market it is. And so it's super exciting to see, Hey, I can, I can launch a product so fast, so quickly and get it out to millions of people. Uh, but with that ease also comes incredible competition. And so I think that's really where Helium 10 is trying to, uh, you know, help you rise to the top is because there's so much competition, you know, it's kind of part of that Amazon ethos of, of, you know, what's best for the consumer means tons and tons of competition. Um, but yeah, I think that's really where Helium 10 is, is excelling in, in helping our sellers, you know, do better than others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you're definitely, you know, in your role playing a big part of that, you know, as VP of product. And one of your first projects that has come to fruition now is our brand new tool that we just launched recently called Market Tracker. And that's what we're going to mainly have you on here today for to talk about that. So, so what was kind of like the origin story of Market Tracker? You know, was this one of your ideas or or did our, our CTO, now CEO Boyan, you know, come to you with this idea or how, how did that happen? Or did it come from our users mainly? Yeah, I think, I think it was, uh, you know, I am relatively recent to the company. We're growing super quickly. So it was something that I, I joined and started becoming a part of. But it definitely was partly our users uh, thinking about this and, and asking for it. And also, Boyan was, was thinking of how do we help serve, you know, uh, sellers in a more holistic way. And I think... Uh, you know, the real origin behind it is is kind of going back to that sort of competition. Uh, and whenever we talk about selling on Amazon, you know, we talk about knowing who's around you, how people are indexing, uh, what other products are out there. Um, and it's constantly changing. And this world is moving super, super fast. And whenever you are, you're selling, you need to kind of stay on top of those changes, uh, stay informed with data, keep updated, uh, know about new entrants things like that. And I think that's exactly what Market Tracker helps you do. Okay. So why don't you walk us through, like, say somebody you know, is already, one of our listeners is already a Helium 10 user, or they're not a Helium 10 user, you know, but they are selling on Amazon. For, for the typical Amazon seller, walk us through the process of, of what problems Market Tracker solves and, 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 and how it does that. Yeah. So I think uh, as an existing seller, um, there, there are many ways to stay informed on, on how products are sold or, you know, around you, uh, you could be constantly just typing in keywords and, and seeing what results pop up. You could be using our tools like black box to see, you know, estimated sales. You could be using x-ray to be keeping, you know, informed on your competitors. Um, but like I said, that's a lot of different places where you could be looking and, and staying on top of, uh, the space in which you sell. And, and so I think, you know, one of those big primary benefits of Market Tracker is putting all that data in one place uh, and then kind of having that command center where it can 
it's that that reference point that you can keep coming back to to see you know how are people doing around me who's who's declining who's increasing you know uh are they getting more reviews uh are their sales going up um spotting trends like how is the overall market doing um so i think i think market tracker just gives you that fuller picture of, of what's going on around you okay good now what are the parameters of it? So, you know, somebody wants the, you know, they're listening to this episode, they're ready Helium 10 user, they want to jump right into it. What's the process? How, how do they decide, you know, what to track and, and what are some tips that you can give us for that? Yeah, so, so for listeners who maybe haven't dived into the tool yet, uh, we really start to, uh, to allow people to start tracking markets. And what we mean by markets is kind of, this specific space in which you sell and we and we define those by uh you give us five keywords up to five keywords or you can give us asins to help define that space you know maybe that's you know bradley's talked about egg cartons or egg holders in project x uh or maybe you're selling you know a was it a halloween um coffin shelf Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are, these are spaces in which you sell. And so you want to define these markets in which you want to track. And so you give us, you know, up to five keywords that help define those markets, maybe some, some ASINs or some products that you want to specifically track as well. Maybe it's your own or maybe some specific competitors. Uh, and then this starts to build this market, which is continuously updated. We give you new data each day. So in terms of creating those markets, uh, you know, Maybe you've been selling for a long time and you know some of the, the main keywords that you want to be you know, monitoring or you want to be indexing for. And so you would be able to put in those five keywords uh, pretty easily. You could also find that information from you know, Blackbox, our tool to find relevant keywords for the space that you want to start tracking. You could also go into Cerebro and you know, find some, some competitors and see what they're ranking for uh, to help you figure out what what this sort of market, what those keywords you want to you want to put in? Oh, that's interesting. You know, you, you just brought up a point that you know I I've been using the tool only for a couple of weeks, and and I was mainly thinking about it from the viewpoint of we already have a product, you know, and, and I think this yeah. is how maybe most people would have thought about it that we already have a product, we know what our main keywords are, or where we think we're getting the sales from, whether you know we're using Helium Ten to to show that, or using our PPC reports, or using brand analytics to see where we're getting conversions from, but then I want to be able to know if other people are, are there's new players in the market. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of it from the viewpoint, which I think still is very valid that, you know, it's an existing thing, but you just brought up something where, you know, when you talked about black box, but like, even before somebody is selling, like this is mm-hmm. a way that people can kind of monitor different niches or markets, even before they pick a product, just to make sure it's, it's something that, that they want to, they, they want to go ahead and invest in. Right. Absolutely. So I, I think that's the, the cool thing about this tool and a lot of our tools is there's no one specific way that you can use it. But I do see Market Tracker being for the exi- existing seller who wants to stay on top of market, but you could also use it for kind of that product research type scenario as well. Like you said, hey, maybe I want to monitor what's going on in this market, who's, being, who's successful, you know, what, how has it changed you know, over the next month? And then, I'm, and then I can make that decision on, do I want to start going after this market? And do I think I can be successful? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's pretty cool. Now, now in this tool, you know, there's a lot of metrics in there that, that, that people who sell on Amazon or have used Helium 10 are very familiar with, you know, like BSR and estimated sales, estimated revenue, you know, the reviews, you could you know, track everybody's reviews. But, there, but there's a couple of things that are, are a little bit newer. So 
Let's first talk about these two metrics, which are the main key parts of Market Tracker, which are sales share and market share. So can you explain Mm -hmm. how that, the definition of those in relation to how it's utilized in Market Tracker? For sure. Yeah. So why don't we start with market share? And so we wanted to kind of create this concept of if you are monitoring this market, we view this market as having as being this this holistic space. And so overall, there's let's say there's a hundred products in this market that each have a certain number of sales. Well, the market market volume is the collective revenue of these products in a market. And so let's say that's a million dollars. Uh, and, and then each product within that takes up a certain percentage of market share within that market. And so that's, that's really what you're seeing when you create a market is, is seeing the market share of each individual competitor within this space. And you can kind of see, it's a really great metric to, to keep monitoring, not only for yourself, if you're selling in that market already, uh, which is why we direct people to select, you know, this is my product. Uh, so you can start seeing your own market share. Uh, but you can monitor market share of competitors to see like, hey, these guys, they used to only have, you know, half a percent of the market share uh, for this market. And, and I've seen them rise up to 1% or 5%. Um, so it's, it's a good way to monitor, you know, who's taking sales around me. Sales share is, is a similar sort of concept. It's derived from the number of units sold. So if you see, uh, we give the column of estimated sales, that's in units. And so it's a similar concept of, what is the total number of units, uh, and then how many units are some is someone selling within within the market? Okay. Now the last one I think that's that's uh, fairly new is I'm sure it's just you know um, unique to Market Tracker is is the power score. So what is the power score based off of? So power score is is a you know helium ten calculation meant to give you a quick reference point of how relevant each of these products are across the keywords that you provided. And so there's, you know, you give us up to five keywords and these products could show up across, you know, one of them, five of them, uh, three of them, um, and at at different points for each of those keywords. And so this is kind of a great estimate, uh, a great reference point to see, hey, this this product has a power score of 85. That's a that's a very high, high power score. We we rank it based on zero to one hundred. And so the higher you get towards 100 means the higher this product is ranking across all the keywords. Ah, okay. That's pretty cool. Now, one cool thing, I mentioned this earlier for at least the people who are already selling, you know, one thing that I've noticed as I started tracking these markets is that market trackers give me a whole bunch of suggestions and and products to review. Like, hey, you might want to track this product or you might not. And and some of them I I pick, yes, this is a great one. And and some of them I, I pick, no. But what are the criteria like? Is it is it kind of like monitoring if there's a new player that comes in for for one of these keywords that I hadn't picked to track, and so it's just giving me the option of do I want to track or not, or or what's some of the criteria that it uses for these suggestions? Yeah, I think it it really depends on uh, on the keywords um, and how these products are ranking, um, and so you never know kind of. On the real world scenario, if someone types in a keyword like egg tray or something, they're, they're going to see a bunch of different results. Maybe they're wooden, maybe they're glass, maybe they're plastic. You know, they're looking at a bunch of different products and they're kind of influenced by what shows up in that list of products on Amazon. And so when we are 
uh, you know, creating market tracker and trying to provide suggestions, we really do key off of that same sort of real world scenario. And so we're, we're giving you suggestions based upon, you know, real world rankings uh, and trying to provide you things that are popping up on those results around you. And so if you are trying to index for, you know, egg tray or egg container, you know, you are competing against those things that are, that are coming up against you. And so that's, that's where we surface those suggestions. Uh, and that's what the power score is really meant to tell you is, hey, these guys are, are showing up in some of the first page results uh, or, or high up in results. Uh, and you might want to pay attention to those. And so I think, you know, the power score is a great indicator of that. Uh, but then it's also, you know, up to your own judgment of, you know, again, maybe you're selling a wooden, you know, egg container or something like that. And you really don't view like a wire decorative, uh, you know, egg container that lives on a counter as being your competitor. And so you, you still can have those sorts of, um, you know, judgment calls of like, Hey, this, this really isn't relevant to my market. And so maybe I'll ignore these. Um, but these other ones have a high power score. They look like my product and I want to track these. Um, but I also think, you know, that's the beauty of, of market tracker is it's constantly evolving and you can, you can continually edit it and maintain it and curate it. And so, Hey, maybe you want to keep a product in, in there for, uh, you press track it's in there for two weeks, but then, you know, maybe later on you're saying, Hey, this isn't as relevant. The power score is dropping. Um, I thought about it some more and it, it's really not relevant for me. And so at that point you can always ignore it and, and remove it from your market. I just actually came up also with even another, I don't know, maybe you've thought about this already, but one thing that I've noticed as I've been tracking things like the coffin shelf and the egg tray is some of these suggestions that it's giving me, you know, I, I don't think are super relevant to what I, you know, am selling. Like I'm not going to track it, but it's giving ideas on products that could be product extensions. Like for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of the, uh, I just happened to look at the coffin shelf right now while we're talking, the, the market that I'm tracking there. And a couple of these suggestions, one is, I don't know if you can picture this in your head, but an inflatable coffin-shaped buffet cooler. <laughs> and I'm less like, I didn't even know this existed. But yeah. hey, if like, you know, the brand that we did on Project X was Manny's Mysterious Oddities. And if people yeah. are buying a coffin shelf, you know, that they're into, you know, coffin-shaped things and and you know, coffin shaped things that people use in everyday life. And, and like, let's say we had used uh, portals, you know, to maybe build an email audience. So now we have a whole bunch of, of fans who like our coffin shaped products. But here, this is kind of a cool, I mean, I don't even know how I would have found this product, mm-hmm. but a coffin shaped buffet cooler and also a coffin shaped mirror. But I'm not going to wow. track those <laughs> in my coffin shelf market, yeah. but I'm definitely going to probably like save those in my database or something like yeah. as potential extensions you know so i don't even maybe you thought about yeah. that already but i just like literally was like whoa this is pretty cool totally and, and i think that goes back to uh you know how fast the world of amazon can change and people are launching products constantly and unless you're sitting around just you know doing random searches around you uh different keywords uh you know every single day and maybe there are some sellers who who have done that previously but i think this is that that great reference point that you can keep coming back to and yeah learn about new products every single day and and either are you know more informed uh, or you just kind of get inspiration or you know maybe they're not all ones that you want to track um, but it gives you that that kind of constantly updated 
space that you can kind of be like, Hey, this, this is something I should look into, or this is something I do want to track, or this, this is a new competitor I never heard of things like that. Cool. Cool. Now we're going to, we're going to play a quick game here that, that we play with our guests before we get into your 30 second tip, which is another thing we do on the show, but this is called the search volume game. So I'm going to give you three keyword searches that people are using on Amazon today. And okay. I, I pulled their estimated search volume from Magnet, all right? So don't be cheating okay. over there. I'll be able to hear if you can click. <laughs> and everybody at yeah. home, you know, go ahead and play along. And then basically what you're going to try and do is match the, the keyword with the search volume. Or you can just okay. say most, least, uh, middle, or something like that. So the okay. three keywords, and I'm just going to give it to you in the order of how many letters they have in it. And I always try and make it somewhat related to our guests. So as, as you were giving your story, I went and pulled these words. So the first word is chef hat the second word chef knife and the the longest word here is chef knives now the three search volumes from least to most one of these keywords is searched for only about 2000 times a month the middle one is searched for about 7 to 8000 times a month and the one that is searched the most is 30000 times a month so again it's chef hat chef knife and chef knives I think the highest would be chef knife. Uh, that's a commonly used term, I think, okay. uh, that I've heard a lot of people use rather than chef knives, because I don't think that's more of a plural thing. So I would say that's the middle. And then I'm not sure how many people are wearing chef hats at home, but I would say that's the least searched term. Right. You got the most one, correct. And yeah, okay. I would say 90% of our guests, you know, I've done this maybe 30 times. They only get zero or one right, and then the other two are switched. I've only had one person or two people out of 30 get this right, but it just, right. which is the reason why I do the game, is because I try and tell people, it's like, you can have an expert in the field, and how yeah. that person would search is not exactly how America as a whole, or the UK totally. as a whole, or whatever country you're selling in, searches. So always do the research, guys, in Helium yeah. 10, so that you know what are the words that people are using. So Chef Knife, you are correct, by far and away, is 30,000, has 30,000 searches, so definitely the leader there. But surprisingly, Chef Hat is 7,600, and Chef wow. Knives is 2,000. So I guess people are looking for a specific knife as opposed to like some just random knives, you know, out there yeah. set, so. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, that also speaks to how broad Amazon is, is maybe that's also professionals searching just to get their own hats for the workplace or, or wherever, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But that's that's what Helium 10 is. You don't have to know the exactly the why, but if you do the research, you'll know the what, and uh, yep. it's going to help uh, help you. Because imagine if somebody you know who thinks they know the chef market, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> chef knives is the 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 that's main it. important keyword." So that's what I'm going to use in my title and stuff. And they'd be doing yep. themselves a, a, a disservice because they didn't do the research. Yep. So anybody out there who's going to start using Market Tracker, you want to get in the chef category. Do chef knife and chef hat instead of chef knives. There we go. Yep. All right. So now we get to a part of the show that we call the TST, stands for TST or 30 second tip. Basically, how this works is you give us in, uh, in 30 seconds or less, like your best tip or strategy or, or advice for people that's actionable and that's valuable, maybe somewhat unique to you. Now, this could be something about market tracker. It could be something about being an entrepreneur since that's what your specialty is. It could be something about, Apple, since you work there, it could be a, a sh uh, your best recipe. I don't know, but let us have your 30-second tip. I would recommend 
going in and we give, you know, information, data points on estimated sales, you know, BSR, stuff like that. But I'd recommend diving into those, into the charts. And so you'll see little chart icons next to an estimated sales column, the BSR column. But those are being pulled in right from, you know, our other tools, X-Ray, um, which will give you trends of what's going on with each of these products. And so it's a, a really easy way to dive right into, hey, how is this product doing not only today, but how's it doing over time? And then that will give you a little bit even more perspective on how each of these competitors are doing. Uh, and if you want to imitate them or, um, you know, keep an eye on them or, or other things, but those, those trends right in the same place as all your other data, I think is just super helpful for people. Awesome. Awesome guys. So I want to hear from everybody, how you guys are using market tracker. This is one of our newest tools. So after listening to this episode and you guys start tracking your first markets, let us know what interesting things you have found. You know, I know all Amazon sellers want to be secretive about exactly what they're selling or what they're researching. So you don't have to give your your product or anything. But if you found something cool using Market Tracker, head on over to the Helium 10 users Facebook group and tag myself in there and I'll show it to John too because we also love getting feedback because this this is a brand new tool. I'm sure there's things that you guys are going to love. We want to hear about it, but maybe there's something that you guys wish were there and is not. So make sure to send your suggestions, there's a, there's a small chat window in the bottom right of Market Tracker that connects to our 24-7 customer support. Just say, hey, I've got a suggestion for John for Market Tracker. Put it in there. And I know John looks at these things because we always value our customers' feedback. So yep. make sure to give us and John your feedback. Anyways, John, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks because of the uh, <laughs> lockdown here. So I hope to be seeing yep. you soon too when, when things get back to normal at the office. For sure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for coming on, John. We'll see you soon. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.